We're in this series on hearing God's voice. And a lot of people are wondering, what is my purpose? What is my purpose in this season? What is my purpose in the grand scheme of my life? And I want to first communicate to you that today you do have purpose. I don't know who you are. I don't, it doesn't matter where you've been or, or who you are today. That you have purpose. That God has given you gifts and abilities. And you have purpose in your life. And the key in your life, the key to unlocking purpose in your life is hearing God's voice. And today, my prayer has been all week and leading up to today has been that God would speak to us and it would unlock purpose in your life. So I want to pray for that to happen. Lord, speak to us today. Let your will be done, God. Have your way, Jesus. We love you, God, and we're ready to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. High five four people before you're seated and say, it's going down. So uh, I'm going to start with a confession here. Is I something I struggle with. And something that's actually really surprisingly easy to do is to confess up here. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, I'm going to confess to you that I struggle with this thing called fear of missing out. Or F-O-M-O, or also called FOMO. Like I struggle with fear of missing out. And, uh, and this roots back to, I could just like point it out to when I was a little kid up to a middle school and a high school. In high school, I had a job and I felt like I worked at all the wrong times. I feel like, and I worked at the supermarket and I loved money, but I loved hanging out pe- with people. I shouldn't say I love money because the love of money is the root of all evil. So I'm going to confess that to you too. Um, but I loved working and having money was nice. I'll say it that way. And I wanted to work, but it seemed like I, I was scheduled to work, and I'd be in the supermarket, and then my friends, for some reason, always had something amazing going on right when I was about, when I, right when I was working. And the worst part is, they would come into the supermarket and grab some snacks on the way to doing, going to the lake or going out and just having a blast, and they'd be like, yeah, we're going to have so much fun, and they're like, Lord, can you come? Oh, I forgot, you're working. See you later! And then I would just be standing there like stocking the groceries at the grocery store, just like, just, just with this feeling of the fear of missing out, like I'm missing out on something really important. Well, I want to give you a healthy dose of FOMO today because in this, in this area, I believe it can be a good thing in this area, and it's this area of, here, of purpose. I shared with you just a second ago that people are wanting to find out their purpose, and that is a very good thing. That, that when we have here, and here's what you're missing out on. If you do not find your purpose, your purpose has joy, fulfillment, it has confidence, and you're able to fulfill what God's called you to do. And th- there should be this fear, you should be disappointed if you're, when you're missing out on, here, on operating in the gifts God's given you and the purpose he has for your life. And again, I'm going to tell you that you do have purpose. No matter who you are today, you have purpose. The key to understanding that is hearing God's voice. I I forgot my iPad here. i got to jump back up. But I want to read this scripture to you in 1 Samuel about uh, about hearing God's voice. And this is the series we've been in. And it's about um, hearing God's voice in the whisper. Um, And this is the final week that we're going into it. It's been a a phenomenal series. um, But what I want to challenge you with in this idea of purpose, is that it may not be this drastic change in your life. A friend of mine, uh, two years ago, I was just having coffee with him, did have a drastic change in his purpose. 
God spoke to his wife and God spoke to him for him to pack up his family and move to Nepal to reach the, the unreached people group in Nepal. And that is a drastic change in your life. But the reality is God is not going to speak to every single person to pack up their family and move to another country. And so what I want to encourage us, we may have this high expectation of what our purpose is, and we may feel like, man, I'm missing it because God's not telling me to pack up my family and move. But what I want to encourage you with is sometimes our purpose is just a shift in our perspective and shifted in what God's already given you. See, your purpose You may be looking for a purpose that's very big, but you may not realize that your purpose is already in your hands. Your purpose may be just pouring your life into your kids and raising them to serve God, and they are going to change the world just through the way they lived your life because they saw it modeled in you. And simply knowing that, God may speak that to you and remind you of that, and it's as simple as that. Or maybe it's just something in your job and realizing the perspective and realizing there's purpose through that perspective and saying, this is the, what God's given me, and I'm going to have purpose in it. So I want to encourage us in that way, that God's voice, hearing God's voice may be just a shift in perspective. But I do not discount that God does speak to people to, to make a drastic change. Like my friend who packed up everything, is packing up everything, hopefully this summer, and, move, and taking his family to Nepal. And by the way, we're supporting those uh, missionaries that we just started a month ago. But hearing God's voice unlocks purpose in your life. So what that means is we should have an incredibly strong desire. We should be saying, I want to hear God's voice. I want to unlock purpose in my life because I want that joy. I want that fulfillment. And I want that confidence in knowing this is why God has put me on this planet. This is why I'm alive today. And I'm going to operate in that purpose. So we should have a strong desire to hear God's purpose. So wherever you're at today, I'm not going to discount the fact that some of us feel like we are in our purpose. But I'm also not going to discount that every, every one of us know that because often there's seasons of purpose. There's seasons of like God speaking us to this and then, then that season changes and our purpose changes with that season. So I think that's why it's so important to be constantly listening to God's voice. And um, we're really going to, I've been praying that prayer I just, um, that I just prayed as we went into this, that God would speak to us. Because my goal isn't just to come up here and give you some information. My goal, my goal isn't to come up here and just entertainment, but my, my prayer and my, my goal is really that we would become closer to Jesus every single week, and that it wouldn't just be like, hey, there's some entertainment, there's some, it makes me feel good coming to church. That's not what it's about. My prayer is that we become closer to Jesus every single Sunday here, and what, I'm, what that means today is that we would be, become closer in hearing his voice, and that hearing his voice would lo- unlock purpose, because we see that in Scripture. So that's where we're going today, and uh, if you've been with us the last three weeks, you've um, seen how we've been talking about the different languages of God. We started with uh, Scripture, and then we are going, last week Caleb talked about how we hear God's voice through people, even through pain, and also through promptings, and today I want to talk to you about how we hear God's voice through desires, through doors, and through dreams. And I'm going to look at this passage that um, to, to start it off, and that's kind of been the theme in, in, uh, of this, of this uh, in it, that it ends with, with the uh, prophet Samuel saying these words, saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's the mindset we all want to have. So the context of this is that Samuel was only 12 years old when he heard God's voice. 
when he heard God's voice for the first time. And he's, he's finally, and, and it's the time when God finally brought the people out of Israel, into the promised land, into what God promised he would do. And then the Israelites were backsliding. They were turning to all these other gods. They were doing all these stupid things. And if you're ever like wondering like what, what was going on in Israel at the time in the Old Testament, like nine times out of ten, you can just guess that they were turning back. Because that was the pattern. God would say, like, here's this thing. I'm, I'm taking you to this promised land. And they would backslide. And they would, they would just turn back to other things. They'd forget everything that God did. And that kind of gives me hope because sometimes I feel like I do that a lot. I'm saying, God, help me to do this. And then he provides it. And then I forget all about that he does it. And I turn back and I, I have hope. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how the Israelites were. And so it encourages me to say, I need to remember what God's done. But they didn't remember. And everyone, and it says multiple times at the, in the book of Judges, said everyone did what they thought was right in their own eyes. And when that happens, when everyone does what was right, what they thought was right, it did not go good. I'm just going to tell you right now. Everyone was like, man, this sounds good. And they made stupid choices. All right? Again, you, wanna, you think you're making stupid choices in your life? Read the Old Testament. You're like, man, I'm not so dumb after all. So they forgot about what God had done, and they forgot about what he said. And they just wanted to do their own things, and it was not working out. But I believe God uh, needed somebody at this time. He just needed somebody that would listen to him. And he saw that in a 12-year-old boy that was sleeping out in, in the temple. And, and here's how that story goes in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to, to grow dim so that he could not see, he was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. And, and he ran and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And, he, and, Samuel, and Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again to Samuel. He said, Samuel. And Samuel rose up. He was like, what's going on? And went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He kept on thinking Eli was calling him. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. And verse 7 says something interesting. It says, now Samuel did not know the Lord yet. And the word of the Lord had not been yet revealed to him. Now this doesn't suggest that Samuel didn't know the Lord at all, that he wasn't saved. But he did not know the Lord in the way he was about to. See, I think some of us know God, but we don't hear his voice often. See, Samuel knew God, but he hadn't heard his voice. And I think this situation that a 12-year-old boy is, is a lot of us today. Is we know God, but we haven't heard his voice. And I'm praying that that changes. So you know God, but you, but you don't know what his voice here is. And so if that's you, you're in the right spot today. What, what Samuel did was humble himself and lean into God. Verse 8 says, And the Lord called Samuel again, and, or the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went down, lay in his place. Guess what happened? The Lord came and stood. And that's a powerful, pow powerful visualization. Calling as, all, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said those words, Speak, 
for your servant hears. Let me pray one more time for us today. God, I thank you for this word, and I pray it would come alive to us. Your word is living and active. And let it come alive to us today. Let it come alive to us today, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Mark, if you want to bring that out. Um, So I believe God wants to speak to us and to unlock your purpose. And so as I was given this idea of unlocking purpose, I had this visualization. And sometimes I like to do these visualizations that help us to really get the idea, and it helps drive it home. So today, give it up for Mark. He's pushing this 500-pound safe out here, and I wanted to kind of just bring it up right here. He's been working out, obviously. All right, so, so this idea of hearing God's voice, and it unlocks purpose. So I want you to know that, that inside of this, so this represents your life, and inside of this is purpose. And hearing God's voice is this code right here. And often we're trying to figure out this code. We're trying to figure out what, which is the right order to put it in. We're trying to figure out our lives in the right way so that we can unlock this thing. Because we're saying, I want to know my purpose. I want to know my purpose, but I don't know how that is. And I want to encourage you today that in, in order to hear God's voice, or in hearing God's voice is the key to unlocking this purpose. And so I googled how to crack a safe, and it came up with a Wikipedia article, and it was very helpful. It was like 28 steps long, and I was like, man, hearing God, this, that illustration isn't working for that part, because hearing God's voice is not 28 steps complicated. I think we overcomplicated anything, so that's the opposite message I wanted to communicate with that, so Google was not helpful right there. But one of the steps did, st- uh, 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 did stand out to me, and I thought, man... This is very cool. I like this. And it, had to, and it was all about saying, in order to hear God, or in order to crack this a safe, first of all, you need silence. You need things to be quiet. And I even, even uh, suggested having a stethoscope where you put the stethoscope in your ears and you just put it up to where the safe is and where the, all the machinery. There was like 20 other different terms. I had no idea, the crankshaft and the spark tube or something like that. And, and it was talking about how you just need to lean in to those parts. I was going to try to, like, memorize the technology, become an expert on it, but it did not seem, like, worth it. To, and the analogies just wasn't working out, okay? So, so I did not do all the full research in that. If, is anybody here, like, a, a, Craig's, a safe cracker? Anybody do that? Okay, so I'm not, I'm not you're not going to, like, correct me in the middle of this, so I'm good there. Um, but, uh, but the whole idea was that you need to lean in. And that's what, I, that's what I wanted to communicate to do. You need silence, and you need, need to lean into God and just listen for the clicks. Because it was talking about having a drill. There's a couple ways to do it. There was having a drill that could actually break through this and touch the pins on the other side to make it release. But if you go too far, it would mess it all up. So you have to be so careful. And yet, But the, the biggest key that I want to communicate is you have to just lean in and listen for it. So I'm going to have this, have this up here for a little bit because I believe that we're often overcomplicating it, but the key is just to lean in to hear God's voice, to, just to, to lean in and ask him. So God speaks So these last three areas. I'm going to go through them and just how God speaks through this is actually really simple. I believe we overcomplicate it, and especially with this first one. God speaks to you by putting desires in you. 
God speaks to you by putting desires in you. Now, some people believe, and there's a balance to this, but some people believe that desires are not from God. Like, we need to kill every desire that's in our heart because those are not from God, and we need to just, if there's a, if there's a desire that's come into you, just, just that's not of God, and you just need to only want to worship him, and that's it. Uh, centuries ago, there was this method of telling if, you're, if you sinned. And you would come into the church, and the pastor would sit down with you, and, he would say, and you said, well, I did something this week. And the question was, did you take pleasure in doing it? And if you were like, yeah, then you'd be like, well, you obviously sinned. And that is such a sad theology to have, because I look through Scripture, and I see how God puts desires in you, and he says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, and I see how God wants us to live a life full of joy, and he puts desires in us, and he puts desires for us to have pleasure in, and he puts desires in us to enjoy life, and so I believe a lot of times we discount what our desires are because we think like, no, that's not, I want to I sacrifice my own desires and say, no, that's not of God. I only want to do what God wants me to do. But what you want to do lines up to what God wants you to do. And I'm going to explain that. This scripture in uh, Psalm 37 says that, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when I was in high school, I, I got saved. Well, I've told this story multiple times. I gave my life to the Lord, and my life was radically changed. And I just had this major desire so that, that my life was turned around. I was going through depression. I looked at, walked onto the campus at my high school after the summer I got saved, and I said, man, look how many kids at my school are probably going through something way worse than I was going through. And I believe God put that desire in me just to share the love of Jesus and to see people find life and freedom in him. And by the end of my high school career, I don't know if you call it a career, uh, but the end of high school, people ask that question, like, hey, what are you going to do with your life? I'm just like, uh, I'm kind of already doing it. I want to help people find Jesus, and I want to dedicate my life to doing that. And I feel like God spoke to me. I heard God's voice from him simply putting that desire in me. And I believe some of you are discounting those desires you already want to do that God is speaking to you and God has put those desires in you. See, Samuel was listening to God and he had the posture that he was leaning in. And many of us have aspirations to do things, but over the last, over the years, they start to fade away. And I believe they start to fade away because number one, we discount them because we say that's not from God, but also we look at culture and we let culture conform our desires and we, we surrender our passions, what we're excited about, to, to, the, to the expectations of others. And, and that's something that I think is always going to be a struggle and, a, and something we have to balance. But what, what I want the best way to look at this is your passions and your desires should act as a spiritual compass. So, you, so it's kind of like this. You're leaning into God, and you're saying like, hey, is this the right step? So this is a code uh, right here. And so you're saying like, okay, does it start with that? Nope, that was an error. Okay, now what about this? Nope, that was wrong. And I, th- and I think sometimes it's okay to test those things, look at it as a spiritual compass, and then all the other languages of God, for example, Scripture, you line that up with Scripture and you say, okay, I'm hearing God's voice. He's putting this desire in me. But if you're hearing God's voice and it does not line up with Scripture, you're not hearing God's voice. I want to com- make sure that's absolutely clear. Is if you're hearing God's voice and it doesn't line up with Scripture, and you say, like, oh, nope, that's not it. 
So you, so you realize that, and you may ask other people. And, and we talked about it last week. Like, God confirms things through other people. And people you trust, you may ask them and say, hey, I feel like God's speaking to me about this. And that's a safe place, and you should have people in your life. And that's why joining a community group is so powerful. If you're not already in a community group, that's where, it's, that's where you will grow the most. And that's why I encourage you, we even have the sign-ups today after church. But the key is our proximity to God as we lean in and to hear God's voice. The second thing is this, and this is how I feel God spoke, speaks to me the most. Because I feel like often people may hear God's voice, all these seven languages, in different ways. God doesn't speak to me like he'll speak to you. And God won't speak to, like, the person sitting next to you like he speaks to you. And that's just, that's something okay. And we don't have to have, um, just because God, we hear someone like, God spoke to me in this way, we don't have to expect God speak, to speak to us in the same way. It may be entirely different. But overall, I feel like this is the way God's spoken to me the most. And that's through opening and closing doors. God speaks to us. God will speak to you by opening and closing doors. And this is how I felt God speak to me to move to Sacramento to pursue ministry over 10 years ago now. And uh, because the door was just open, he put the desire in my heart to become a pastor, and the door was open to me, and I stepped through it with confidence and, and feeling like this was what God had me to do. And like I said earlier, you're missing out. In your purpose, there's joy, there's fulfillment, and there's confidence knowing that God has called you to do it. So when we, we need to see that God opens doors and listen in and say, God, is that, is that you? Like God's opening this door. We're leaning in for that click. We're leaving, leaning in for that sound to say, like, God, is that you? And yes, okay, I'm moving forward and taking that step. So um, here's an example of a door opened, as we see in Scripture. Because all these things, like I said, I want to make sure they're biblically based. And we see in 2 Corinthians 2.12, um, Paul was writing, he says, Now when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord. A door was opened for me in the Lord. So a door was opened, and he stepped through it. He, a door was opened, and he recognized it was God, and he stepped through it. Now here's something we don't recognize as often is a closed door. Closed door is often a disappointment, but I want to encourage you that a closed door means you should have never walked through that door. It means there's something, that God has something better for you. So if there's a closed door in your life, don't take that as a discouragement. Take that as God has something better for you, that God's going to open a better door up for you. That's something way better that you do not even realize. And so Acts 16 is an example of a door closed to Paul. Acts 16, verses 6 and 7. Next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Now that seems crazy. Why would the Holy Spirit prevent something from happening, from speaking the word of God in Asia? Then, and then it says, Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Now, doors opening is something we get excited about. But a closed door, we don't really got get excited about. But this is how God keeps us from anything less than his best. He wants the best for you. So if he's closing another door, he's saying, I have something better for you. And here's an example of, of this. Um, there's, there's a story of Gideon. And we use this phrase sometimes. If you've been in church a little bit, they say, I'm going to put out a fleece. Like, what does that mean, put out a fleece? 
But it comes from, it's biblical, like sometimes we use things in church and people are like, dude, what are you talking about? you never been in church, you don't have any idea what they're talking about. And so if anybody ever uses this phrase, this is what it means. See, Gideon wanted to know God's voice. And so he, he provided, he, he um, put together a scenario where it would be very clear if God would speak to him. And, and he says, okay, if you want me to do this, I'm going to put a fleece out on the ground overnight. And if you, if you want me to do this, I want the, the fleece to be wet, but the grass around it to be dry. Like, that's pretty hard to do. That's like obviously God. And so he went and he told God that. And the next day, the fleece was wet and the ground around it was dry. But what did he do? Just to be sure, he said, all right, I'm going to put this thing out again. And he put the fleece on the ground and he says, all right, this time I want the fleece to be dry but the, the grass and the ground around it to be wet. God, can you do that? He went to bed, and guess what God did? He woke up, and exactly how, how, it was, how, it was, how he asked, God did it. And so Gideon was confident that God was speaking to that. Now, there's a lot of cautions. Some people say, like, this is not how God wants you to work. This, you should never put out a fleece before God. That's not biblical. But obviously, it is biblical. But the question is, did he do this? And I believe he, it all comes down to having the right heart in this. So let me give you an example. I was serving as the youth pastor at a church, and I felt like I wanted to leave. Like, it was a desire for me to leave. And I was even thinking, like, okay, it's, it's my time to leave. But then I felt like I was doing this out of, out of a wrong heart. Like, I felt like maybe I'm just doing this because I'm not enjoying it, but maybe God really wants me to do it. So if I'm making this drastic change, I want to know God's, God's with me. And so what I did, as I, I remember, I was writing it down in a, in a Starbucks, and I wrote these words, I say, because I was about ready just to bounce out of that place. And, um, and I wrote down, God, if you do not want me to leave, if you don't want me to leave, I want you to have somebody call me today at 5 p.m. and tell me I don't, I don't want you to leave. And tell them uh, to encourage me to, to stay. And that's what I wrote. I wrote down that, and I was like, pretty much that's it. If no one calls me today and tells me to stay, by 5 p.m., I put a deadline on it. I told God. I put out a fleece. And I told God that. I said, okay, I'm out unless you have somebody call me. And I was uh, going about my day, looking at the clock, 2 o'clock, good, 3 o'clock, all right, good, 4 o'clock, all right, we only got one hour left, we good. We, I'm about to bounce out of this place. And about 4.45, I kid you not, I get this phone call, I'm like, Okay, I answered it. It's a friend of mine, and he's, he starts asking me about how I'm doing. And he's saying, like, hey, do you, are you going to leave? And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. And then we go through, and he asked me a lot about my situation. He was just kind of counseling me on it. And at the end of the conversation, I was looking at the clock. It's like five minutes till. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I, I literally, he said the words, I want to encourage you to stay. I was like, Literally, I felt bad, but the reality was that was a closed door from leaving because God had a purpose for me in staying there, and the crazy experience about that is that same friend that called me ended up becoming the lead pastor of that church, and that's sometimes you look back and you see how God was in control, but it was key was looking and listening and leaning in by open doors and closed doors to you, intently listening for God to speak you through you, the desires God puts in you by, the, by opening and closed doors that he provides. And lastly, this, through dreams. Now, this is probably the area that I felt God speak to me the least. 
And it's, and it's the area that's a little further out there that we don't, like, expect. And we kind of, like, I don't want to mess with this because that feels, like, too spiritual, too weird, too, like, easy to mess up. Because I was telling Craig last night as we were setting up, I had the craziest dream last night. It was about, like, this scenario where it was, like, in a video game. And I was on top of this roof with a race car and the guy had a machine gun. I was like, I don't think God was speaking to me through that. Like, I think that was just the pizza I had yesterday. That was weird. Like, no, I don't want to do that because I was dying in that dream. I don't want to die. Um, but so this is probably the, the area that you can easily screw up and, like, misinterpret. But that doesn't mean we should discount it. And that's actually what I've been feeling to me personally that I've been so, so cautious of not messing up that I'm not seeking after these things that God wants to speak through because it happened in Scripture I want to seek after it now. Joseph had a dream that saved two nations. Abraham, or Jacob had a dream that, that established the nation of Israel. Man, Daniel interpreted a dream that, uh, that saved the wise men of Babylon. And Jesus was saved. And I forgot about this story, about how many dreams once I look at it. Jesus was saved. His life was spared as a baby because Joseph heard a dream saying, hey, you need to flee to Bethlehem. Otherwise, they're going to kill you. And he obeyed that. Joseph heard the dream and obeyed it. So if it happens in Scripture, man, why, why shouldn't we have that happen today? And I know it does happen today. And so I don't want to be like, no, that's too weird. That's too spirit, too, like, hippy-dippy voodoo. Like, no, God's, God speaks to us through dreams. And I've seen it happen in Scripture, but I've also seen this happen with other people that are close to me. One of the most powerful times, I literally got, got teary. I'm letting you into a, a closer, deeper layer of my life. And uh, my wife, when she was 16 years old, was uh, just praying and seeking God at this camp. And she was just seeking God with all his heart. It was a powerful move of the Holy Spirit was in this room at this camp. And she was just seeking after God. And she just got this picture in her mind. And God started to give her, give her this mental picture. And so that's how dreams are sometimes. Sometimes it's a, it may be while you're sleeping a dream, but sometimes it may be just a mental picture that God gives you in your mind. And she just knew that was from God. She saw this mental picture of her sitting down in a, uh, in a, in a uh, church, and she was looking up at someone speaking, and she, became, she just felt so incredibly proud of the person speaking, and she just felt like that was her husband. God spoke that to her when she was 16 years old. And um, when she fast forward four years later, um, we were on this mission trip together. And you can tell where this, this is going a little bit. But we were on this mission trip together. And um, we were doing this uh, night service. And a bunch of us were speaking. We were taking turns. And, then, um, and there was also these skits going on. And she was part of one of the skits that illustrates the sermon. And she was, uh, I was coming up right after she did her skit. So she did her skit with another person and then sat down and I got up to speak and it just became evident because of the room. It looked, it was the exact picture that God spoke to her four years ago. And it gave her confidence in knowing like, look, God spoke to me this and it, was, it took four years. She still remembered it. And it was something God spoke to her through that mental picture saying like, hey, this is your husband. No, it's kind of scary. I, I can't imagine what it'd be like for her because, and now here's the thing. She did not tell me that until after I proposed. And then I just started like bawling too. We were both bawling like, God, oh, this is a dream. It's so powerful. We cried. 
I mean, it was, it was a lot of tears were flowing, all right? But if she would have told me that beforehand, I would have felt a little obligated to be like, well, God told you, so I better, better get this ring going real quick. But God didn't, God didn't speak to me in a dream. God spoke to me by, through, through the peace of God and through the desire I had to marry her. And, um, and, and that was confirmed after that. And so God speaks to people differently. But through, through desires, through doors, and through dreams. And I believe some of us, these dreams may be simple as just a God idea. Some of, this, some of us have ideas that are just too good, that are better than anything we can think of on our best day. Some of us have God ideas that, that you did not come up with, that are just too good for, for you to come up with. And I believe those are God-given dreams that, that you need to take it as God-given. And when God puts something, when God calls you to do something, and the only thing he requires is obedience. The only He's going to take care of everything else. And so I felt really inclined. And, and again, this is not something, something I've kind of stayed away from. But I was praying this week, and I, was, I prepped the entire sermon, and I was in the, in the office where I was preparing, and I just was asking God, I said, God, what is something you really want me to communicate to the people that are going to hear this today? And I just, this thought came into my mind, and the thought, or the word came into my mind, and that word was fear. And I felt like somebody today is fearful of stepping into your purpose. I feel like some of us may have even heard a, a, the, the door, or seen the door open. We've heard God's voice speaking through a desire, a dream, door, or any of these other seven languages. We've heard God speak to us and show us his purpose, but we're fearful of stepping into it. And I just felt like God speak to that word. So maybe it was just for one person in this place. But my question to you to counteract that is, do you trust God is capable? Do you trust God is who he says he is? And are you able to lean in? Let's see if I remember this code right. Are you able to lean in and trust that God is opening that door and hearing that voice? And as you walk through and you realize God is opening that door to unlock your purpose in your life. There's nothing in there. You guys are all peeking in to find out. But there's purpose in there in reality because you hear God's verse voice and it opens up that door to purpose. But the big question is, do you trust God? Because if you do not ultimately trust God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, then all of these things aren't going to work. And all these things aren't going to work. And, and I, something I want to challenge you with is this quote from Mark Batterson. It has to do with your expectations of who he is. It says, either your theology will conform. Let's see if we get that up there. Either your, either your theology will conform to your reality. Your expectations of God will conform to how it is right now. And your expectations will get smaller and smaller until you could hardly believe God for anything. Or your reality will conform to your theology. And your expectations will get bigger and bigger until you can believe God for absolutely anything. And I don't know about you, but I want my life, my reality to conform to me, my theology, not the other way around. If you're just believing God and saying, like, God, you're just some something I come and, and feel good about on Sundays, but you don't really do anything, you don't. it's not really any different. But like today, there was some theology this morning that, God, you are the healer, 
And their theology, their expectations of God was bigger than the reality. And reality changed because a person right here just had their back and neck healed as people prayed for them. And their theology was not conformed, but the reality was conformed to their theology. And their expectations of God became bigger and bigger. So the ultimate question I have for you today is do you trust God? Do you trust that when you hear his voice, he's capable? Do you trust that he is in control? Or are you so worried about trying to control your life, trying to control the situations in your life, that you're not taking a step forward, and you're not turning that handle, you're not opening the door that God is telling you to open, you're not walking through the door that God has already opened for you? So my question, my challenge to you as we close today is do you trust God? Because I know you want to hear purpose. I know you want to know your purpose. Some of us already do, but I feel strongly that some of us are fearful of stepping into that. God's in control. God's capable of that. Because God cares so much about you that he wants what's best for you. God is in control today. I want to just challenge you as we bow our heads today.